If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. CBS Mornings on this Monday. I'm Gail Kay. I'm Tony DeCopel. And I'm Nick Burleson. We are going to begin with war clouds in Eastern Europe, signs of a conflict between Russia and Ukraine, and it could erupt soon. With more than 100,000 Russian troops amassed near the Ukrainian border, the U.S. State Department has ordered families of American diplomats to get out of the country now. They've advised all private U.S. citizens to do the same, along with non-essential American embassy personnel. Now, those Russian forces are deployed on three sides of Ukraine, as you can see in the map here. But Moscow is denying a British government report that it wants to install a puppet government in the country. Holly Williams is inside Ukraine for us this morning. Holly, good morning. Good morning. Well, the families of American diplomats here at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev are leaving Ukraine. But some Ukrainians have told us that they have nowhere to run and can only hope for peace with the threat of Russian attack hanging over them. A crossing point on Ukraine's northern border with Russia. On the other side of this frontier are around 100,000 Russian troops. And to the west, Russian fighter jets and missile systems are moving into place in Belarus for what Russia says are military exercises. It's been 30 years since the Cold War ended, inspiring hopes of a safer and more stable world. But now a U.S. ally here in Europe is living in fear of a Russian invasion. Nina Belaya lives in the nearest village, potentially in the firing line if there's any kind of Russian incursion. She showed us her cellar where she stores food for the winter. She has another purpose in mind if the Russians show up. And you can take shelter down here if the, if the Russians invade. Most Ukrainians are far from wealthy. Now their freedom and their young democracy are threatened by their colossal neighbour. And what some say is President Vladimir Putin's ambition to create a new Russian empire. Russia claims it has no plans to invade and blames the U.S. and its allies for ratcheting up tensions by arming Ukraine. In truth, this country is already fighting Russian-backed separatists. And the U.S. is supporting it with training and weapons. $200 million of emergency military assistance from America has already started arriving. What they do is they, they twist uh, reality. They are always... Uh, 
denying, you know, what is what is quite obvious, you know, in terms of the, the, the form of, of aggression that they're undertaking. General H.R. McMaster is a former national security advisor and says President Putin only understands deterrence. What lessons should the U.S. have learned by this point about how to negotiate with Russia, how to negotiate with Putin? Power, Holly, right? It's, it's power. I think I think Putin understands this. Putin will take whatever he can get. Another shipment of American military equipment and munitions is expected to arrive here in Kiev tomorrow morning. Meanwhile, NATO has just announced that it is sending troops, fighter jets and a warship to bolster defences in Eastern Europe. Gail. All right, Holly Williams reporting from Ukraine. Thank you very much, Holly. Weijia Zhang is at the White House where President Biden is now weighing his response. That includes sending more troops to Eastern Europe. Weijia, good morning. A lot of Americans waking up going, what exactly does that mean? Well, good morning, Gail. Good morning to everybody. That is something that President Biden is still weighing. He spent the weekend huddling with his national security team at Camp David about the current state of Russian military operations. CBS News has learned that Mr. Biden is considering whether to send thousands of U.S. troops and equipment to reinforce the eastern flank of NATO, which could include countries like Lithuania and Latvia, who share borders with Russia. Those NATO nations have to request the assistance first, though, and that number of U.S. troops could also increase tenfold if Russia conducts a full-blown invasion. The White House still believes there is a path forward, though, with diplomacy and dialogue. And that is why the U.S. has not pulled the trigger on sanctions yet. Secretary of State Antony Blinken argued on Face the Nation that if the U.S. does that before Vladimir Putin prompt further aggression, it would lose the power to keep Russia at bay. But several Republican members of Congress are opposing the decision to hold off on sanctions, and they are urging the president to act now, saying that they need to send a message to Putin and show American strength. Nate? We'll be waiting on news from President Biden. Ouija, thank you. The head of the House committee investigating the assault on the Capitol confirms to CBS News that the Trump administration discussed an idea to have the military seize voting machines from the 2020 election. He also told Face the Nation that the committee has questioned former Attorney General William Barr, who resigned after the election under cloudy circumstances. Nicole Killian looks at the new evidence pointing to a widespread effort to overturn the election results. On Face the Nation, Select Committee Chairman Benny Thompson revealed former Attorney General William Barr, who left the Trump administration weeks before January 6th, talked to the panel. We are concerned uh, that our military uh, was part of this big lie on promoting uh, that the election was false. The chairman referenced a draft executive order from December 2020, first reported by Politico, that would have authorized the defense secretary to seize, collect, retain, and analyze all voting machines and allowed the appointment of a special counsel. The order was never enacted, and it was one of the documents former President Trump's lawyers allegedly tried to shield from congressional investigators. So if you are using the military uh, to potentially seize uh, voting machines, even though it's a discussion, uh, the public needs to know. Do you have proof that there was someone inside the United States military working on this premise of actually we seizing voting machines? Between the Department of Justice, a plan 
uh, was put forth uh, to potentially seize voting machines in the country and utilize uh, Department of Defense assets uh, to make that happen. In December of 2020, Barr, in an interview with the Associated Press, said the Department of Justice did investigate voter fraud connected to the 2020 election, but concluded, to date, we have not seen fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election. Weeks later, Barr resigned just a month shy before Trump's term ended. The committee has poured over hundreds of pages of documents that were recently released by the National Archives. So far, it has interviewed about 400 witnesses and hopes to hold public hearings this spring. Gail? Nicole, thank you very much. Turning now to the challenges facing U.S. schools where COVID testing is now an essential part of just staying open and keeping your kids in the classroom. Nearly 4,500 schools had to cancel in-person learning for at least one day last week due to this Omicron surge. Meg Oliver has more on this story from New Jersey. As a mother, I just can't afford to like close the school again because it's going to be tough for me and for them. Single mom Raquel Tejada's sixth grade son, Rayleigh, helped take care of his younger brother while the two were remote learning. But starting today, Patterson Public Schools returned to the classroom thanks to a rigorous testing program. Ahead of their return, the boys came to one of their district's 12 testing sites. The district is offering COVID testing for its 25,000 students and 4,000 employees. Eileen Schaefer is the superintendent. Being vaccinated, being boosted, uh, and having a test is the answer. As cases rose, the district contracted an outside company to run the voluntary testing. The cost is covered by insurance and the testing company is able to get reimbursed by the federal government for those who aren't insured. Many districts have launched or participating in testing programs, but at times there have been issues with test shortages, slow turnaround for results and poor participation. In Portland, Oregon, the public school district says around 13,000 of its 48,000 students are partaking in their weekly testing program. In New York City, a recent analysis found just a third of students opted in to their testing program. Megan Fitzpatrick is an expert on infectious disease modeling. If we could have every student take a rapid test before they went to school in the morning, that would be the gold standard. Fitzpatrick says districts should try to aim for 80% participation in testing and a 24-hour turnaround for results. In addition to billions in federal funding, the White House recently announced each month it would send an additional 10 million COVID tests to schools. But for some, the help may be coming too late. We had a very high positivity rate from the start of the pandemic. So we had to take it into our own hands and do what we needed to do for our community. To try to limit remote learning, many districts are now adopting test-to-stay policies where despite COVID exposure, students can stay in school as long as they're asymptomatic and testing negative. As for those tests from the White House, districts who applied to get them are expected to start receiving them by the end of the month. Tony. All right, Meg, thank you very much. Moving on to California now, where firefighters are starting to contain a dangerous wildfire near the coastal area of Big Sur. About 500 people were told to evacuate over the weekend as the fire spread toward the Pacific Ocean, south of Monterey and Pebble Beach. It has burned some 700 acres and is, at this hour, about 35% contained. It forced the closure of beautiful Route 1, that scenic highway along the coast, and came dangerously close 
to the widely photographed Bixby Bridge, but fortunately it was not damaged. Officials say the unusual winter wildfire was driven by wind gusts reaching 50 miles an hour. And county officials are now asking people to boil their tap water because the fire may have damaged the water system. But get this, no measurable rain in the area for the entire month. Mm, hope they stay safe there. Super Bowl 56 is still three weeks away, but the NFL postseason is already as exciting as you'll ever see. All four games in the divisional playoffs over the weekend were won on the last play. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are still in the hunt to reach their third straight Super Bowl. The defending champions, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are out. You know, he boots it through. Heartbreak in Tampa after an epic comeback. 27-27. Clawing their way back from a 27-3 deficit with 42 seconds left. The defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by Tom Brady, fell short. Three points to be exact. Brady under pressure. In the first half, Brady struggled early and often. A roll, a throw, and a touchdown. And the Rams capitalized. It's He's going to take it to the end zone. In typical Brady fashion, a late-game comeback seemed in the works. Stafford. But in the end, Brady and the Bucks done in by time. Too much of it left on the clock. And just enough for the Rams to get one step closer to the Super Bowl. And face the San Francisco 49ers. Kick was down the middle and good! 49ers win it! who made it a very long Saturday for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers is sacked. It's dangerous, man. When a team gets hot, it's dangerous. So we just got to keep this thing going. While in Tennessee. Tannehill steps forward. Popped up in the air. Intercepted. A late game interception would set the Cincinnati Bengals up with a game-deciding field goal. 52-yarder. Sweeps the leg. McPherson. Sending the Bengals to their first AFC championship game since 1988. They're headed to Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. To the end zone for the win! He caught it! Ball game! Where Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs secured their fourth straight trip to the AFC Championship game. Oh my gosh, one of the great games you'll ever see. Defeating the Buffalo Bills 42-36 to in overtime. We'll try to keep it wrong. we got a good team coming in next week, but we'll get to be at Arrowhead at the AFC Championship. You know, we were talking during the commercial break. Yes. Um, that Bills-Chiefs game, it's the greatest game I've ever seen in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, one note that I, I heard after the game, when Patrick Mahomes took the field with 13 seconds left, yeah. uh -huh. Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches we have in this league, I guess he leaned into him and he said, when things are grim, be the grim reaper. How about that? And go get it. Your QB. Go get it. And he did. You know, it was interesting. I was watching, sitting at home, when you guys came out in the studio, you know, the first thing James Brown said, ooh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really thought that sort of summed it up. Yeah. But it doesn't seem fair to me that only one team, if you're the first, if you if you win the coin toss right. and you get the ball first, clearly it gives you an advantage. Yeah, for sure. Shouldn't the other team get a chance just to have a crack at it? I yeah. don't understand. As a player, we were always frustrated if we didn't have an opportunity in overtime. Um, but also as a fan now, being removed from the game, I just feel like we were cheated a little bit. Yeah. Because we wanted to see Josh Allen have yeah. a nice shot. Change overtime rules was trending on Twitter last night after the game. Was the NFL yes. listening? Yeah, of course. So, somebody's always going to be upset. Yeah. We'll see, though.
They change rules every single year. I don't know if they'll change that over time. Why? All right. Great football all week. It yeah. really was. Fantastic. One of the best playoff weekends I've seen <laughs> in quite some time. The AFC and NFC championship games will be played on Sunday. You can watch the 2022 NFL postseason coverage right here on CBS and on Paramount+. Plus. Stephen Colbert here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with my producer, Becca. Becca, what's what's up? So The Late Show Pod Show is everything you love about The Late Show on oh, a I podcast. Wanna, I want to know about you. Oh. I, enough. We, 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 people see everybody in an ad talks about the thing they're trying to sell. Oh. I'd like to know about you, the person behind creating the podcast. Oh, I'm having a really good day. Barry baked some bread and my friend Kara got me some chicken salad. It's a really nice day in the office today. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.